I am New York City-based psychotherapist Nikita Banks, a licensed clinical social worker, and I am your host of the Black Therapist Podcast, formerly Black in Therapy. The Black Therapist Podcast is a place where we will discuss the unique issues people of color face when dealing with mental health issues and mental health diagnosis. You can listen to our show on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. You can follow us on Instagram, the Black Therapist Podcast, or you can hit us up on our website, and sign up for our mailing list at blacktherapistpodcast.com. Also, on our website, you can find the links to our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram pages. You can also email us show suggestions, general feedback, and any ideas that you have for, I don't know, guests at blacktherapistpodcast at gmail.com. Hola, como esta? Welcome back. I'm learning a little Spanish, but don't don't quote me on that because this is very little, un poquito right now. Okay, so last week we had a show where I played some audio from the event that I had the pleasure of being a panelist on Moms of Teens and Teens and Mental Health Solutions and Support where myself, Nikita Banks, uh, Helen Williams Nurse was our moderator and she actually put the event together. Byron Young, MD, was on the panel. He's a psychiatrist. And Jeanette Oaks was um, also on the panel. And she's a New York City-based school social worker. And so we're going to get into the rest of the video. If you haven't heard part one, please go back and listen to part one. Because I explained some things and I'm not going to re-explain them. But please go listen there. And I hope that you enjoy the episode. called the NYU Regional Center, if I'm correct. Yes. And I, I also, so even if they can't help you, they, they will send you somewhere where you can get help. So you should definitely contact there. Another organization called YAI is a, is a great organization to hit up. Stuff takes a long time, but you definitely want to get the real rolling as fast as you can. And what she mentioned, NAMI also has like, like they have like every mental health bucket and you can get like even groups for parenting, groups for, right? Because autism is a situation where someone might be depressed with autism because of the kind of, it's hard. Autism is difficult to deal with. Like your social graces aren't quite right, so the world isn't quite adapting to you in the right way. So, it, it, you know, the notion that you, I know you talked about your husband having depression, it might be. I'm sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. You're baby having depression. But it could be related to that, right? Because it could be a comorbidity, but it could also just be because it's stressful to have, you know, to, to, to not have that way of engaging that other people seem to have.
commented on having a child that's disabled, that's struggling, that was definitely not a part of the plan, right? So it's important to, to, to get to, that right. support. And then here's the thing, so part of the stigma, so he is doing well from struggling in that great summer school honors. And I'm like, well, he's getting better. So maybe we could take him off, right? Which a psychiatrist. And he said, are you sure, you know, I like the way he dealt with him. He's like, fine. So he wasn't on a lot, like 20 milligrams of Lexapro, so we just stepped him down in two weeks. And it seemed fine, all of a sudden, I start to see the avoidance behavior. So now he's back on. And, I, and for me, I have to accept that he's going to have to be on for a while. And my question is, someone joked that when they boys hit 17 years and 11 months at all, you know, the hormones settle. Like, do kids have to be on this forever? Is there a time when, is it hormonally related? Do they ever, I mean, I don't like the idea of him being on forever, but obviously he needs it. And he's, so he's great wings on it. So how long do people have to be on this? Sure. Yeah, so, so Lexapro is a great antidepressant. It's yeah. pretty well studied in young people too. So mm -hmm. the big three that we use in, in younger people are Prozac, Lexapro, and Zoloft, because mm -hmm. those have the most studies in kids. It's interesting, I also say lots of medications that we use in kids are technically kind of off-label because the FDA has like lots of approvals and for younger kids, they don't necessarily have so many approvals. So that's something, so there's lots of research, but it's not necessarily FDA approved. So you get a lot of off-label stuff. Um, but yeah, so the, the, the way that we look at it is if a kid has a situation like an intense anxiety situation or even depression, right? Because those medications help with, like the same medications, SSRI, um, the, um, anxiety, um, yeah. uh, even for PTSD, yeah. uh, for all the types of things I need to realize. Right. Get out the door. It's all school connected. Yeah. Yeah. It's all right. connected to school. The, oh, the yeah. depression as well. All yeah. those, all those, um, all those uh, diagnoses are responsive to SSRIs. And so, um, when you have someone who has a situation where they have like a depressive episode or have a lot of anxiety, the goal would be to start a medication for their symptoms to get all the way better. So right. when they're all the way better, you can start the clock and you want to see them at least on it for at least a year of no symptoms, right? No depressive episodes, a year of anxiety improved. In, in, in that time, yeah. they should be- but We're a year. Yeah. So I was just hoping, but clearly they should, not ready. Well, yeah, so they should be in therapy too, right? Because therapy is what helps the real structural stuff change, right? Okay, so the, he's resistant to therapy. Yeah, so, so that might be a big part of it, right? Because if you're on the medication, the medication will help reduce symptoms, sure. but the real kind of psychological changes that sometimes need to occur really do happen, really do happen in therapy. In the most so robust- exactly. Okay, so I want to say this, like in school, So if, if a person has the, uh, an episode, is on it for a year, they're good, they stop it, if it comes back, then usually we say you should stay on it indefinitely. So that's just the okay, message. But the notion that you didn't have therapy is a thing, so maybe if you tried it for a year again with therapy, resistance. the resistance is And you know what happens? You may have a long period of time where they're functioning, right? Yeah. And then there's something happens. There's something, there's some disruption. You know, I had a young man, he came to our school, he was doing great, taking Jovial having fun. When in the community something happened. After that, had to be hospitalized. Wouldn't go to class, right? And as you were speaking about the fact that when you have children who are struggling, you have to coordinate with the school to see if they can help them. Mm -hmm. So like this young man, at first he would come. I tried to transition him back into class. He would go. Well, first we started with he wouldn't go at all. He refused. I tried to coach him into the class. He's having enough. It's not working. Okay, gotta come on another plan. So then we went to, okay, you're gonna go to two classes this week. Mm -hmm. and, and, and slowly transition, but sometimes everyone does not have the freedom to do that. So it's really important to keep on monitoring your child. Um, I knew this young man, let's look at the medication. He was on 10 medications. Mm -hmm. And you see, and I was like, that blood work that you got is very important too. Mm -hmm. Every few months, I don't think it's like six months they get the blood work component. Right, so you gotta look at that blood work. You have to look, where they are developmentally, they're changing. There's so many things that can trigger a child's behavior. Um, but the more knowledgeable you are, then you'll know what you're looking at. You know, and, and so, and this can be a lifetime struggle. I want to say that, and it's it so comfortable to hear that. To be I know, and I want to say that too. This is, it can be, and that's okay. Because yeah. as she started, we all got issues. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, but, but the, the, the situation with boys, especially young black boys, is dire right now. So I'm not sure if any of you guys know the statistics on black boys and the higher rate of suicide. Right now, black boys are leading suicide in this country from the ages, is, is, I believe it's from five to 12. And they are successfully completing, when I say successfully completing, there are not a lot of attempts because of the manner of how they kill themselves, a lot of them will hang themselves. And, or, or some sort of asphyxiation, and because of that, they are dying. And so, I don't know about anybody else, I didn't make therapy a choice in my household, my son was going. 
Period. I, I, I get which, where you're coming from, and I know what that struggle looks like. But if you want to eat, and if you want to have clothes, and if you, I, mean, I don't beat them. So what you're going to do is what I ask you to do, because every choice that I make for you is in your best interest. And I've He's never- He's a child that will sit there, like there's a psychiatrist he didn't like, and she was so frustrated. He refused to talk to her. That's not costing me money. And then when he got over the office, then he would talk to us. I refused. But but see, this is this is again. But again, he's talking. But again, he talks to me all the time. But again, you have to honor. You have to honor his feelings. No, no therapist is going to walk in. There's never a time that I've walked in with a child or an adult and assumed that they were going to tell me their life story in two minutes. No, no, I understand. It takes it takes time to build. But, but but this is a life or death situation we're talking about. It's 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 not it's not it's not a I, I get your struggle. Yeah, because they also have to be ready. I ain't they they have to be ready. I have a kid I went to last week. I'm like, listen, you know I could buy a counseling. I'm in this, I don't do no counseling. I'm like, okay, let's see, but let's just talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you want to sit here in the cafeteria? Women, I'm just gonna get to know you. So it's also how you present it to me, right? No one wants to think my mom taking these people, they think I'm crazy. You have to kind of backdoor kids, you know what I'm saying? You have and to it may take a while. That's It may take a while, but maybe start with he can go down to the office and maybe draw. There's different ways you can enjoy engage your kid. Because I want to say this, most people never go and get there. They go you know, I don't know if you're there was one guy, he talks all the time, with the guy moved to Florida. That's right. He talked okay. to okay. So we have a therapist, okay. psychologist, and he only went to the psychiatrist for the medication management. Exactly. So that's, I should not, you know, this, I'm, cause I need to find a separate therapist for him. Yeah, so just keep, keep, keep I mean, right. I think you should that's give right. it some time, right? Because it takes yeah. time to warm up. But yeah. if, if he doesn't like that one after a couple months, then just get to do it. Don't say, like, therapy doesn't work. We're well, done. That's true. Keep, I have to, keep getting and he did help. Dr. G helped. Dr. Yeah. So when you get the list, I will mm-hmm. start. A good fit is yeah. very important. It's very important. That's yes. true. And I found a three therapist before I found the one that well, I had. I wanted to talk about that a rapport. So I had a client, a, a kid who was 
He was beating up teachers. He was acting up. Nobody in the school liked him. At first, he wouldn't come to my office. Nothing wrong with me, miss. Nothing wrong with me, miss. All right, cool. We're just going to sit here. We're going to sit here. And we sat there. And we sat there. And when he would, didn't want to come to class, sometimes he would come to my office and he would sit there. And sometimes when he would be in school suspension, I would go in and sit with him and just check in with him. And this went on for a semester. And the, the principal was like, he's not... He's not doing what he needs to be doing. And I was like, that's not my job. My job is to build a rapport with him. That's what I'm doing. And whether it takes this school year, next school year, or whatever. Towards the end of the school year, he missed three days. And I was looking for him in the building. I'm like, where is he? He missed three days. Well, what we didn't know until he came back to school was his mother overdosed in the home with him and his kid. And the kid, she, it was a suicide attempt. So he came to me and he told me, this is what happened. I was at the house, they said eight cops, da da da, whatever. Just because he knew at that point that I was somebody who he could trust. You have to get your kids in the door. So I'm, I, because I know, if you tell me that if I don't do something, my kids are going to die, I'm up here with it. So it's not up for discussion to me because life or death is not up for discussion. I can't, I, I don't want it to make it seem like. I'm just passing judgment on anybody else's kids. I can only say what I would do for mine. I told my son, I know that there's nothing wrong with you. I know that you function. You're a great kid. I just need you to be able to communicate that. This guy is somebody that you're going to talk to, and he's going to teach you skills. And if you could get up every day to go to college, and you could listen to what the professor is teaching you and telling you, then why can't you listen to somebody that's going to kick game to you? Why you can't listen to somebody that's going to give you life skills? That's all it is. Like, you have, like she said, you have to present it differently. I was just going to ask a little bit, uh, even before therapy, my struggle is really getting my kids to talk to me about anything. Like, mm -hmm. It's just so frustrating when, they, when I see my daughter have all this stress and anxiety and I can't get my son. Like, I know he, he's like... What rituals do you have in your house in terms of how you interact with your child? Because, you know, kids don't like, oh, I want to talk. They're like, beat it, mom, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's like, what natural rituals do you have in the home where you endure with your child and you can just have casual conversations about things? Yeah, I mean, I drive them around okay. and, and also dinner. We have dinner together and things okay. like that. But they're very, like, introverted and they, the, not, there's nothing That's in my business. And I don't understand. Considering going to a family therapist yeah, to kind of help navigate the communication. Yeah, I understand. And maybe even saying, like, I want to go get some help for myself. Like, even for the nurse who's getting your own kid in therapy, like, I want to get some help for my stuff too. I hope you, you know, you can come with me and you can get your, some help for your stuff too. And just being able to validate that, you know, you have your struggles, they have their struggles. And I think a really big important thing that I, I think that is just general in, in, in how we communicate with people in general, but particularly with parents to kids. We, there are lots of parents, and we all do this, they are really invalidating to their kids' stuff. We're like, no, you're fine. Come on. Yes, like, you're good. Like, yeah. So I, I think the notion of really working hard to validate that your kids have a perspective, and validation doesn't yeah. mean that you have to agree with it, but that I heard what you said. Sure. And at the yeah. same time, and, 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 I, and there's yeah, other Because yeah. not, not everybody is going through being a child of, of the spectrum, you know, and maybe not even going through depression, but I think just communicating, just kind of even knowing what you yeah. like. I, I, I made a post a couple weeks ago, like, just the basics of 
their favorite color, or who their friends are, or what they like or don't like. Like, if you don't have a kid that won't even say, I like black, you know, then you're constantly fighting against just having conversation with your kid. So then how do you, yes, you can make the natural environment driving and dinner, because by 14, 15, Let's be realistic. We're not still all sitting at the dinner table. No. They, they are in their rooms now at this point. They are on their phones at yep. this point. So if if our relationships are changing now because they are young adults, that's the next thing. Right. Like we want to keep them as kids and teenagers. Like my daughter's fighting with me right now to date, and I'm like, you're 14. Right. You know what I mean? Like really. And then now, even the whole well, I like a girl, but I don't like girls. But you know, so but just. Even sharing that with me. You're not necessarily going through autism, but then I don't know how to have that conversation with you if at the end of the day I had two boys, and then if I don't know how to have the conversation, then the first time you took the time to take the conversation with me and I didn't answer right, correctly or right, yeah. then you may not talk to me I again. She had spoken on the support, the developmental appropriateness of things, so it's a program. They don't necessarily want to talk to you about stuff all the time, but I do think the way that you get a good relationship with your kid is to be a validating parent, right? Really be a person that they can come to and express themselves without you having to give your stuff all over them. Right? Like parents are like, yeah. well, this is what I would do, and this is what I suggest, and this is like, like sometimes you hear parents talk to the kids, and it's quickly like, we, we do this in conversation in general, it's always about me and what I want. Like, so, oh, I did that too, or, or this is what I said. Sometimes just sit and listen to them, and just sit yeah. and kind of validate, like, oh, that's your perspective. Even when you disagree with it, again, don't say, I agree with you, say, I understand that that's how you feel, and at the same time, I want you to consider this, right? So just being a space where they can come and be open and kind of in that way. And maybe ask, like, say, we have a really courageous conversation. Like, I would really like to be able to, to talk to you and express, you know, like, hear what you have to say. Is that what can I do to make that better? Is there something I'm doing that's not right? And maybe, maybe having, you know, having that time and figuring out what it is about their relationship that they do enjoy that you're not having. Right. Um, so I, I find that I find that children will teach you how to parent them mm-hmm. if you're open to listening. Um, and so, it my they will. Um, and when my son was five, I asked him this question. Don't ask me where it came from. I asked him how he could make me a better mother, um, or how I can improve my parenting with him. And he said that I yelled too much and I spanked him. He was those were all facts. Yeah. But wait, I'm sorry, cause I think we all hear me yell too much. But I feel like you must want me to yell if you got them socks on the floor that only I can see and you didn't see. So you must want me to yell at you because you gonna you doing shit that you know I'm going to yell at. So, <laughs> so I'm trying to understand. So all of us get all the kids say all of us yell too much. Yeah. So she and I are here. Okay. So what I told him. My five-year-old was that, listen, you can control whether I yell and whether I spank you. You, can, you are in control of that. I, I give you all the power. And what we did was I went home and I got like a dry erase board and I wrote all of the shit that he did that drove me crazy, leaving the, the conquer toys in the floor, me tripping over your book bag, me tripping over your shoes, you spilling stuff and nobody did it. It's just me and you in the house. I wrote all these things on the board. And what he hated was going to bed early. He, he only, he got to do come home, do his homework, he had TV time, and then it was bed. So I took 10 minutes away from his free time and I took him to bed early every time he did something on the list. And when he got to him going to bed 30 minutes later, he was very not happy. And I would make him recite um, punishments or the consequences of my actions. And what I had to realize with, with this five-year-old was that a lot of the things that I was um, disciplining him for were age-appropriate behavior, mm-hmm. like spilling stuff when he doesn't have the hand-eye coordination yeah. to be pouring his own juice in anyway. my next hand. <laughs> and, um, leaving his stuff in the middle of the floor where he's not really thinking about anything else or what he has to do right now. But it taught me self-control. So what I had to do was not discipline him out of anger. And what I realized is that I was disciplining him out of my own frustration. And discipline is only supposed to be utilized to correct behaviors. It is not to be punitive. It is not to make you feel better because if I am loving you and I'm mommy, you ain't doing what I say. So what I had to learn in the way that he taught me to parent was I had to gain my own self-control. It wasn't easy. Because I, in order to not in order to not in order to not yell, 
I had to learn to not react in the moment. I had to bring myself down to a two and explain to him why he's going to bed 30 minutes earlier today. And I had to make him say, begrudgingly, in some days he would huff and puff in between his teeth, consequence, punishments are the consequences of my actions. It taught me how to parent him. Fast forward to now, when we went to therapy, what he told me about how to communicate with him. I get paid to communicate to people all day long. People's children tell me, you're so easy to talk to. My kid don't want to speak to me at all. When I sat in therapy with him, he says, you ask me how, how my day is, that's a general question. And it seems like it's not, it's whatever I answer is not even going to be important to you. Ask me direct questions. I was like, oh my God. So, <laughs> instead of asking them certain things, just listen to them. Give them the floor. Let them tell you something specific that happened to you that day. Ask them specific questions. Play games with them. There are a lot of games where you get to learn different things, what their, what their color, their favorite color is, whatever, who their, their favorite rapper is. I mean, I, I go on his Instagram. I go on his, his Facebook page. I see all of this Mr. Personality stuff and be like, yo, you posted such a system. We're not friends. But it's open so I can go and I can see certain things. I mean, you have to listen more than you speak to them. And that, that opens a lot of communication that probably you don't have. And do activities with them. Like go to yoga. If you, if you feel like she needs, if she needs self-care, you probably need self-care. She's probably a reflection of what you see in yourself. So take her with you to yoga. Go to a medication, meditation class. Do something that you think that will teach her these coping skills without saying, I think you need to learn coping skills. Have some genuine curiosity of what they like, right? So maybe spend some time like you like this rapper, teach me about this rapper. Like, what 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 is this two chains, right? Like, you know, have some genuine curiosity and they don't they're interested in. Trying to keep everything going, 
you're that mom, especially if you're that single mom that got everything on your shoulder and you're trying to keep it together, how do then when your child comes in and got all these other stressors, because I know I need family therapy with her in all seriousness. I know that when she told me, you and I need help. Mm -hmm. I'll say like, what you said was a perfect example. But I think she's, but she's, I'm sorry, she's verbal. Right. She, she, what she said to you when she said it's not on judgment, not on these things, is you're not giving me credit for the things right. that I'm doing. And then, and then, That's what she was saying to me. And in that instance, you actually did invalidate what she was saying. You were like, I don't give a damn. You don't care like, about so, that. And not to like pick on you, but the notion of like that's just an example of how we often just invalidate. Right. So right, so like she's coming to you telling her stress, and instead of like kind of focusing on what her perspective is and exploring that, you kind of shut it down because you're like, you're well, you have to feel it. And so we all do it again. That's okay. But the notion that's a great example of like. Um, trying to come to a space where you like uh, help me understand more what you're talking about, and then, even if you just like you have your other side, validate that I appreciate that you feel that way. And it's true, right? She is an older person, and there are lots of people who are so saying something like that. There's so many of these are. I'm so thankful that you're not. Give me some love, some credit for it, and at the same time, I need you to do these things. And I think it also comes back to the self care thing, right? If you're stressed out and angry, right, that you, you really can't take it on your kid, even though it is a situation. You got to get your own situation. Where That's you can. what I'm saying. But when they repeat certain things that you're like the room is a mess. The you know you come home like today we couldn't find like you put things right. away and you don't follow through. Those kind of things that I sent it to you yesterday. I sent it to you I the day before. But, but what I'm saying is yes, we can validate and I do. Like I have to apologize because my mother told me where she put her wallet. I was like, what the hell did you put your wallet? I just went and shouldn't have had kids. And I mean, I went in. Oh, and I went in and she went to a race this morning and I had to apologize and said. I am so sorry. Right. I am extremely stressed. Yeah. Yes. I think that, okay. I think that I never want the last time that my daughter leaves up with this crazy right. that happens. Right. That the last time they leave is the last time of being angry. Mm -hmm. But how do when they don't the little things that they don't do? Listen to me. 
That takes you all day. I came here after arguing with my sister, you know what I mean? So I can tell you, like, I go to, I, and I was at a five because he wouldn't clean his room. And it's been, like, a, a long time. And I'm like, it's disgusting. Like, I get it, the boys want to, like, I love you being most of the time. But, like, when I finally do ask you and it's a problem, like, I was at a ten, right? <laughs> but I was like, okay, you know what? I had to get myself back down to it, too. But I, what I am saying is, like, sometimes all that deep thought, processing things too hard, too much when you're upset, one to ten helps. So I don't know, or one to five helps. Mm -hmm. Sometimes just to have a little internal scale, you could check in with yourself and try to bring yourself back down. Right. It's right. really, really good. Oh, Okay? 
When she's off on her own in college, she's gonna fuck up. This things is gonna happen, but she's gonna remember. You know what my mother said that one time. I don't need to do that. You know what I'm saying? You have to let them go through the process so they can become these wonderful adults. And I think a lot of times parents, and that's with the entitlement piece, and with kids who are like, you know, I, I hear friends of mine who teach in college, and they have parents calling a professor talking about why my kid's not doing anything. Are you serious? Oh. You know, you got, you can't be, and I, and, and I get it sometimes from my kids' um, teachers, when I go to parent teaching, they're like, oh, aren't you looking at their grades? No, I'm not going in grade, because they know they're supposed to go to school, and they know they need to pass their classes. It's okay to me for my kids to fail a class, because you know what? They'll, they won't do that again. They're going to be responsible for their own lives. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you have to kind of let them, let them fall. Sure. So and then is, we're going to close it out yeah. after class. So one of the things I learned is that, you know, when your kids become adults and they're in college, if something happens to them, the, the school doesn't have to call you, right? They don't have to tell you the grades. The kids are adults. So if you have a child who's very young in college as an adult, you might want to have them sign a, a power of attorney, a health care proxy. And I've heard there's a health power of attorney form. I don't know about that. But the idea is that if something happens to your child, you know, you can get information about their health, right? Because they're, they're an adult. The hospital wants to share stuff with you. Right. They're tiny. No, 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 no. <laughs> So I'm just keeping in mind that you get those, you get a power of attorney signed, you get a health care proxy. I don't know if there's a health care attorney. I have to investigate that. So that if something happens, you, they will be able to share health information. You can step into the shoes of your children to deal with anything. Because remember, they'll be in college. You can still parent them legally. So I just want to encourage anybody who's out of children in college to sign this Right? Yeah. So you have to sign that and then my kids can get it. Right? So if you're going to 
will partner with a lot of agencies and they will come into the school, right? And sometimes it, it's a different type of relationship in itself. But his school is still a punitive relationship sometimes. And we have to make sure they're functioning. And your child may need some level of privacy. You know, so just keep that in mind. You may think, I don't want the parents, I don't want the children to know. Because, you know, some people don't use the information well, right? They may just need that privacy. And some kids are like, Mom, I don't want anything. You know, I don't want them to know. You make that determination. Not just trying to withhold information. You may give it to them, you know, the, the way you want to. But some kids may need that privacy. You may as well. You know what I mean? On that note. Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. To the five. Will y'all do one quick last question? One quick last question. What happens when you have children? Well, how do you help children when they have parents who are in the public eye? Mm. Because like this is well, this is like this is I'm here. I'm in the public eye, but I'll share what we did today with the public. But a lot of times that also exposes our children. Right. And they're not necessarily happy. They're like proud maybe of the work we're doing, but because we're so um, transparent mm -hmm. and sharing them a part of the work, like I'm boohooing about my kids, but they hate that. Like their business is their business. Right. But I don't know how to. That's right. Because my son hates me. He killed me now. I was talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> and my kids don't even know I'm having this event. My kids have no he idea that I'm having this event.
your child. And you want the relationship, you want a bond. You got to stretch yourself real wide. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? 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 But right. the story isn't written yet. 
So, you know, so 15 years ago, my cousin was gay. This year, she got four kids yeah. and a husband. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this episode of Black Therapist Podcast and tune in for the upcoming episodes. Like I said, we are going on hiatus for a little while because this season is over. I mean, like, let's be realistic. I have a few more shows that we're going to release that are going to be original content and some of it is going to be remixed, which is just different interviews that I've done throughout the season on different platforms that I just want to share here. Uh, some snippets here so that you can go listen to them wherever they were originally or go. And, I, I don't know how it's going to work, but we're going to work it out because I want to connect with you this summer while I am taking some much needed rest, relaxation and work. I'll be working this summer and releasing my first book. And that takes a lot of work. Oh, and our e-course, our e-course, Finding Happy, Seven Steps to Relationships That Will Not Steal Your Joy. If you liked some of the things that you heard in this episode and the last episode about relationship building and stuff, the majority of the things that Helen was all gung-ho about me uh, repeating and retweeting, it really came from my book, me working on the, the book and me working on the course. I mean, I'm telling you, we have some dope content i want you guys to get your life get your relationships in order find happiness and joy and claim it for yourself and the course in the book is going to really be able to help you work through some of those things i'm so looking forward to it being released right now it's in pre-launch or pre-sale and for my listeners if you go to the site and you put get happy all one word in that is a coupon code and you'll be able to get 20% off the course at any time. But if you purchase it now before our first um, enrollment and that enrollment date might actually change. I'm not really sure, but I, since I don't know, you might want to get in on it now. But if you pre-buy the course, you are probably going to get it cheaper than anybody else. It's a lot of content, and the more and more I speak to people who actually do courses, they tell me that it's too cheap. So, um, yeah, it might not stay this price for that long. And even if it is, I only have a certain amount of slots. There are some live components to it. And right now I'm, I'm investigating platforms on how to do the live parts. There are some one-on-one parts in it. And between my practice, my consulting work, and me just trying to live a life that doesn't make me go crazy it's going to be really difficult for me to have so many people enrolled to give that one-on-one component the in the live stuff and fit it into my my weekly schedule and so I'm trying to figure that that whole thing out before the course is released but that's neither here nor there there will be a live component I know right now the number of targeted seats that I have available for people who want to be in it but um And I know the max, I know the minimum and the maximum that I want to be in the course or that I'm targeting. So we're going to see if I'm going to be able to realistically fit those hours in. The minimum I know I can do. The maximum I'm trying to do without pulling my hair out. But let's just say that it's going to be first come, first serve for the course because I can't go crazy making you guys happy. So there's that. At any rate, hope to see you online. You can follow us on our social media platforms. You can check us out on the YouTube channel. 
etc. And sign up to our mailing list. Um, if you text get happy to 66866, you will be able to get the course. You will sign on to our mailing list and you will get our weekly resources and recaps. Okay. All right, guys, be well. You've listened to another episode of the Black Therapist Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Nikita Banks, licensed clinical social worker. And this is Black Therapist Podcast, formerly Black in Therapy. If you are looking for any information, any resources about today's show, or if you just want to drop a line and say hey and subscribe to our mailing list, you can do so at our website, blacktherapistpodcast.com. You can send us emails at blacktherapistpodcast at gmail.com. And if you enjoyed what you heard today, please like, comment, share, and subscribe because we want the show to grow as organically as we possibly can. And we cannot do that without you. Thank you for listening. Be well.